Beginning in the year 250 AD, the Mayan culture of Central America reached new heights of civilization. Marked by outstanding advancements in art, science, and architecture, this period is referred to as the Mayan Classic Period. Also during this time, modern scientists have identified a widespread cultural practice of cranial deformation whose origins seem to be deeply rooted in humanity's past. From the many examples of art dated to this period, archaeologists have been able to form theories that link this practice within the Mayan civilization to a complex social hierarchy that incorporated two very different techniques for the shaping of their skulls. Some scientists cite the analysis of artistic depictions from the period that some of these techniques were meant to imitate the skulls of sacred animals like the jaguar, which represented power. Other scientists point to the paintings of the god of fertility and the other members of the Mayan pantheon which were drawn with similar cranial modifications. This practice of shaping skulls is not only found among the cultures of Central America. All over the world, cultures both ancient and even in isolated pockets today have practiced these techniques for shaping their skulls as some say they were commanded by the gods long ago. This case file joined the theorists as they bang their heads and try to uncover the mystery of elongated skulls. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 173, Elongated Skulls. I'm Brayden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. The boys are back in town. If you're listening to this, we have a, a second show out called Cosmic Channels, which is going to make its Triumphant return for season two, January 31st at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, you can call in with your stories at 1-833-703-0424. Uh, and you can search, us on, search Cosmic Channels on Spotify or wherever else you get podcasts. And check us out January 31st, where we're back in action. We'll be back. It's That show has picked up so much steam since it went live compared to when it was uh it used to be a Patreon exclusive. Uh kind of crazy actually. It has progressed progressed at a much rapid more rapid pace than when we first started podcasting. <laughs> That's for sure. Mm. <clears throat> Fun show though. I can't wait can't wait to get started again. <laughs> yeah. Easy there buddy on that rye. Yeah, it's ugh. just yeah. drinking it straight. Big mistake. For this case file I had to throw on the hat so you couldn't see my giant skull. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're well, mostly going to be talking about Zell's giant head. Like that's I think mostly we all what we're, talk we're about. thinking the same thing. I was like, I, there's one thing I have to do today, and that's wear a hat. I have four <laughs> pages of notes about Zell's head. Well, I, I will, I will propose this. Have any of you ever seen Dan's skull, Sans head, or Sans hat? That is true. I thought his, I thought his hat was fused to his head. I thought we were discussing yeah. this. Another thing. It is. Yep. Yeah. That is in fact his hair. 
Yeah, it just grows like that. <laughs> it just grows. It grows a rim and a ATT logo out of his forehead. It's what actually it in? actually unscrews like the top. Like there's there's a thing out there. It just unscrews, pops open, and then I pop in more yeah. uh, storage space. That's where that's your where your RAM's located. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's got a he's got like a Lego head. Yeah, oh, so it used, to, used to be way top. bigger, but I switched to SSD, and now it's a now I can put it a little bit Normal smaller. Size. So you got SSD skull, and you have. Uh, what you put in where your appendix was removed? You're slowly turning full RoboCop here. That's my new. Uh, that's my yeah. That's my graphics card. Right. Oh, that's the GPU right now. <laughs> yeah. Everything Downright. looks more real. <laughs> Elongated skulls is a really interesting one because we find them all the time. Oh, got a, one of us has history, one. It's pretty all big deal. over the world through different cultures. We find these elongated skulls on every continent. All across the timeline of humanity, there seems to be cranial deformation of some type everywhere around the world. So it leads to it leads you down theories that we'll get to later. But well, and the one thing you're going to have to question yourself, and we'll go over this case file, is did all these people come up with the idea to deform their heads at birth, or is this some sort of wide arcing, you know? culture like much like there's pyramids on every continent you find these things everywhere is there a common source for these ancient cultures trying to elongate the skull Mm, i like that yeah you guys are absolutely correct that these skulls these elongated skulls are the fashion that they've they've been uh deformed in some way uh appear in every single continent the very first ones were actually discovered in in a, a town called kahuna Victoria, Australia in 1925. So we've known about these things for a relatively long time. When these were originally excavated, when they found these, and it was pretty much like they were they were pulled up when a farmer was like plowing out his field and he pulled these things up. And then when scientists got a hold of these, a lot of them were like this, this skull that looks nothing like we've ever seen before. It, it is obviously, or it looks human, has all the uh, facial features, it's got teeth and it's got the eyeballs, it's got all that stuff, eye sockets, but it's, it's huge. Like it's got, it's straight out the back and that there's no way that this could possibly be a homo sapien, that it must be some type of long lost ancestor that we have not encountered before. But the thing was around this time, we also started finding more ancient skulls in Africa. So we started finding more human skulls in Africa, and this is when the the whole out of Africa theory started to take shape. To to me, like right away looking at that, it's fascinating to me that you would find something like that in Australia and then find similar things in another continent even. Because you look at Australia's like, you know, even their like animals and stuff, they have so many unique things that are specifically to Australia and not found anywhere else in the world. So to find this thing here and then find similar things in other continents to me is like a key. That, I'm like, pretty sure. Didn't they do that on purpose though? Like same thing with all the prisoners. They rounded up all the shitty animals and scary bugs and they're like, let's put them there too. Let's just exile <laughs> all the scary shit and put it in Australia. They that can't get out. to us. This was the, pre, the pre-Diluvian race of humans that was very advanced that we're going to find shortly. I'm sure they did that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Smart. So 
when some scientists are decided to argue that this was a long last ancestor, you know, a couple of either uh, archaeologists or uh, geologists chimed in and said, no, these can't possibly be super ancient because they were found in soil that was geologically recent. It, it was found in a layer of soil that it's like, it's not that it wasn't found in like bedrock and like buried, you know, you know, meters and meters down yeah. into the earth, they were found just plowed up out of the field. So it wasn't like these things were super, super old, but they did right. start finding more of these skulls. So it would be probably about a little more over 20 years later, they would find more of these skulls in this kind of same area of Australia, uh, you know, barely a hundred kilometers from where they had found the first one. And you would find these and they would actually date these at this time because they had the ability or they had developed the the technology to go ahead and date these a little bit more accurately um, with carbon dating. And they dated some of these skulls from what is known as the cow swamp uh, specimens to about 9,000 to 13,000 years old. While they found other skulls, uh, including the first ones that they had found, they dated those ones to be even older at about 14,000 years old. I was going to say right around the time of the Younger Dryas. Yeah, which we touched on Ooh. in the last case file of like perhaps some, and there was perhaps a uh, species that of advanced, you know, advanced species that was had advanced technology that was wiped out in these cataclysms uh, in the Younger Dryas. And Seeing the these skulls, Tepe, yeah, seeing perhaps. these skulls now pop up at this and be dated around the same time, I'm like, you know, is it one of those things where you're like, okay, at what point do we start looking at these? These are all coincidences, or do we start saying like, okay, well, maybe these are a piece of a puzzle, yeah. an elongated piece of a puzzle, yeah, a long, yeah, <laughs> a long corner piece, <laughs> yeah, right. So, so when they find these skulls, so they have like a they're like elongated brows, right? So it's like a like a cone head, more or less. It's not like a good look. Long, long forehead to like a kind of a, not a pointed back, but like a, almost like a rounded, like, it's like if you put like a bunch of elastic, like an elastic band on a balloon or something, it kind of like bulges out the back. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's pretty and, much and what they're looking like. And some scientists said that the, the, the features in these skulls uh, had like a distinctive sloping forehead and the prominent brow ridges, which are very similar to the ancient human species Homo erectus. Right. So I got a few friends that look like that too. <laughs> Mr. Colon's got one of those. Couple, a couple of hangarounds from the younger Dryas period. <laughs> <laughs> Junior Dryas. But the Homo erectus species had gone extinct around 140,000 years ago. At least that's what the... The, the fossil record tells us so far. Original, um, yeah. Modern humans appear around 160,000 years ago. What we, us, modern humans, Homo sapiens sapien. Now, double, the double these, sapien. Double sapien. More <laughs> sapien than the other sapiens. <laughs> so now, not only in Australia do you start finding these skulls, but then scientists later started finding these skulls in other parts of world so uh some of the probably the best known because you'll see them on tv shows you see them all the times you'll see examples of these elongated skulls from south america south and central america so you had um some of the earliest discovered 
deformed skulls in South America were found in Peru, and they dated these ones from 7,000 to 6,000 BCE. And you found that a, a vast majority of these, when they excavated them, about, let's see, they had some Peruvian remains that they said as far as 90% of some of the digs that they have, uh, that they've excavated had these deformities. They had these uniform deformations of the skull. So they, they also found a group of skulls that are about 2,500 years ago that they found in the 1920s. And these ones are known as the Paraca skulls, which are the, probably the ones you'll hear that are probably the most popular is the yeah. Paraca skulls. Uh, these ones were discovered by archeologist Julio Citeo. And these ones were so elongated that these are the ones that you'll see as an example of these cannot possibly be fully human because of uh, just how strange that they look. When you, when you look at them, you're just, there's no way that these people can be 100% human because it, it is so bizarre in the features of the skull. And I, I think these ones fascinate me the most, not because of their sheer, just shocking when you look at them, hashtag look it up. But the fact that, like, in Peru around this time, 2,500 years ago, like, they are creating the Nazca lines, which are, you know, these giant hieroglyphs on mountainsides that you could only really appreciate from the sky. Right. Right? And, and you know, they uh, landing strips, what appear to be like a runway, you, you see all these things popping up around that time in Peru as well. So it's it's very interesting, the timing of these skulls, like, of when they're dated to. And, and these skulls, like... You can look. You can go search on the internet for. You can see all different types of elongated skulls, but the ones from Paracas yeah. especially look normal. Like they look like they grew like that. Where a lot some some of the other ones you can find, like you can find in like in North America, a lot of like the native. Yeah, they look like trash. <laughs> well, <laughs> they look terrible. Well, no, they just look like they were not natural. They look yeah. like they were they were purposely formed that way. Like you can yeah, see, they're, like, they're not uniform. They looked fucked up. Here's my question, Dan, real quick. Um, were there any depictions of these? Like, cause when I, when I think of elongated skulls, the ones that pop my, to my mind are obviously like Akhenaten, Nefertiti, mm, Tutankhamun, yep. sure. because we, we saw those pictures, right? Right. Before we saw those hieroglyphs and the statues and whatnot of, of the Egyptian Pharaoh and his family, you know, was the, the only other time we saw these un, uh, elongated skulls from the actual skulls that they dug up or have these been depicted anywhere else other than Egypt? No. Are you, are you talking about like in art or are you talking about like we've yeah, actually just, seen just them in all in, in art, painting, sculptures, statues, I mean, that we, type the, of shit. the civilizations that, that practiced, you know, the deforming the skull, like, a, you know, uh, artificial deforming of the skull or artificial cranial deformation is the mm -hmm. term for it is those, those civilizations existed well into like the 1700s, 1800s, like they were still around. So we have seen pictures of, um, uh, uh native American, like, uh, specifically the Chinookan people of the Pacific Northwest. There are pictures of them, uh, having, you know, the practices that they had while they were doing skulls. We've had illustrations from Spanish conquistadors and missionaries that visited with these tribes and have seen these, the practice of them. So they have, they have actual pictures and, or what they've drawn of people with deformed skulls. And even we, we have actual photos where some places it's, you know, as late as like the 19, I'm not sure into the 1900s where you had, um, 
you know, in the Re- Democratic Republic of Congo, you still yep. had tribes that practice skull binding. Like, it's still a thing. So that's why maybe it wasn't as alarming when they found these skulls. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't as, like, right... Because when you hear things about Akhenaten, right away, what do people think? He was the fucking alien pharaoh. He was the heretic yeah. pharaoh. The alien king. You know what I mean? He, he was the alien king. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, when people were finding these skulls, they weren't like, holy fuck, I found an alien skull. Everybody look at this fucking thing. No, not right away. No, the, they started with the scientific, like, oh, we have a lost branch of, you know... Uh, like humanity, like a different, something different that we haven't found yet. That's how it started. But yeah, like Egyptians had them in art. I th- I'm pretty sure like mines and stuff to pick people with elongated skulls as well. So like, but these are, these are from different. The Huns did it, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Skull binding, did. like the actual practice of skull binding has been known to human civilization for quite a long time. Like they knew about it. it it's, it's just like, some of these ones, when the first ones they find, it's like 1925 and on. It's kind of, there's, they find these ones that are just severely, really deformed. Like it's Could like. Do you imagine, you imagine if like these, this skull binding, these elongated skulls ended up going out like fucking tribal tattoos or like those guys <laughs> that stretch their ears, like everyone you know, 20 years later, it. you're like, fuck, why the fuck did I elongate my skull? Like it's no longer in style. You look like a dickhead. Yeah. Uh, it's not, uh, yeah. There's no coming back from that. You couldn't elongate your own skull, though. Your parents would have to do it to you when, when you like, um, like from your, yeah, when your skull is still soft. But the weird thing about elongated skulls, I find with all these different, like in different cultures and from different times and the timeline of humanity, they all seem to figure it out on their own and their own way to do it. So the question that you start to hear is like, okay, well, wh- like why over all these different millennia and why different cultures with different gods and different everything why 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 the head you know well, like, it's like they're modeling it after something like they want to be something you know what i mean that is the theory like okay well like the, the sky people like or something like you hear the stories like oh they, they're maybe they're modeling after something they seen something that was so profound that was like godlike, right so that's the theory is like they seen something or something interacted that was godlike. It had a long head, and they're like, you know what, we could do to prove simple of power, try and look more like that dude. Um, well, here's here's my question, Andrew. You might be this is for you because you might be in a better position. I doubt it, but okay, go for it. <laughs> probably not. But better than <laughs> better this, than us. Well, Andrew or Dan would be better equipped. Say you have a child today, and you practice this. What does that do to like the brain development? Do you think it hinders the brain development moving forward? I, like, is this was, kid gonna be have like be fucked up a little? I told okay, so that's it's interesting you asked that because what I thought right away because you think any 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 malformations of the skull as an adult usually are caused by trauma, yeah, or tumors, right? And you think about that like. What we're looking for, okay, so no, we're, we're not dealing with trauma here. So we're we're dealing with an amal, a, a malformation, which like what can what could mimic that, and you can think maybe tumors, right? And what we worry about with tumors is, is it's basically displacing the, the the space in between dendrites, right? Yeah. So it's furthering the fucking space between the neurons, so you're not firing properly, so you get your deficits, right? So you'll get your you know you could lose feeling or, or control or half half the side of your body, whatever laundry list of symptoms. But I don't know if the malforming, you know, malforming the skull would displace the dendrites at all. You know what I mean? I, I'm wondering it. Like for me, it's 
your brain is pretty much fucking rubber when you're a child, right? Like your right. fontanelle, you, everybody, everybody's got that soft spot in their skull, right? The skull's not completely formed yet, right? So there's that space. So doing it slowly over a long period of time, I don't think so. Well, if you think about it, if they found that many, because you said like 80% in Peru in that excavation we had elongated skulls. So if you think if they were if that, that proficient in stretching people's skulls, but all of their people that they stretched just ended up being, <laughs> right? They, they couldn't function as a, like a, like a, they were a high level functioning person. Fuck. So if you had 80% of your population like that, how could you be a, like a, how could your civilization progress for so long? So it, it makes me think that it doesn't like you could be just as intelligent by stretching your skull up from a young age is what it seems like. Right. So I will say that the, the majority of the cranial deformations that scientists have found uh, when they do surveys of these, these elongated skulls is that they are, they are a product of what they call tabular uh, cranial modification. And so tabular mod, uh, is because there's two types. So the first type tabular is when you kind of flatten out the front and the back. So this sometimes can be actually unintentional is is what scientists say mm. and it's um it, it can be a product of like how they rear their childs or how they transport their children because some of these uh some of the cranial deformations especially like in, in nomadic tribes of native americans for example you have them kind of on the boards like they have like their children like they put the children on the board on their back and they have something to kind of keep their head like a port to like keep their head from flapping around because i mean you don't want your kids like can't you do know, that they're you don't want to fuck head. up their skull. Right, you don't want them fucking up their neck. or You don't want them moving around or <laughs> stuff like that. You don't want like to break the their back. neck, yeah. I wonder, you think about it though, is I wonder if there was any link within like vision uh, vision issues or vision loss because stretching the skull like that would definitely put pressure on the optic nerve. Like it'd have to. Well, they said that they do have, um, they probably, those who experience cranial deformation do have the... Uh, the characteristic of larger, like the, the eye sockets are wider, like a little bit wider because you just stretch it back, the eye sockets get wider. So they're saying that they might have had a problem with like slightly bulging eyes. Like Which would make sense happened. because you're you're compensating for the pressure on the fucking optic right. nerve. And uh, so... Like, it, it's yeah. tough to say too because we do have evidence that Akhenaten, Nefertiti, and Tutankhamun were like fucking riddled with with diseases but that could have been from generations yeah, and like generations Akhenaten of was fucking made Nefertiri and Nefertiri was like a sister and yeah, two common inbreeders yeah, and whatever it's not yeah, healthy people fucked up back yeah. then um but the weird thing is like you mentioned Akhenaten and Nefertiri and I looked into them and the, the yeah a lot of art that we have from that period um that has been excavated is um it does depict them with the elongated skulls. And you, like you said, the, the exaggerated feminine figures, the kind of the, the wide hips. And you, I mean, that's what you hear about all the time. So there's all these kind of rumors about what possibly, you know, was going on there. Um, well, one we don't really know. We don't really know that. Like we're not hundred percent certain that we found Akhenaten's remains. Right. If I understand correctly, right? Mm -hmm. Like we we think we did, but we don't know. Right. They're not hundred percent sure. I, I don't think. Um, one of the explanations is they said that, that, that perhaps they did have the elongated skulls cause that can happen. That's like, it can naturally form. Maybe they have like a little bit of an elongated skull or, or something like that. There, there are certain uh, medical conditions that can, that can cause like an exaggerated 
lengthening of the skull. Not a huge cranial deformation, but perhaps um, the art period of the time, they said, like the art style, uh, apparently the uh, the Amarna art, art style is, is what they used or what was transitioning or happening during Akhenaten's reign into Tutankhamun's, uh, that the, the entire art style of how they represented their pharaohs and and the ruling class kind of changed. Uh, well, there. like I know that they they kind of they, they theorize that he probably suffered from Marfan syndrome, which would explain like the abnormally long limbs and skinny, you know, what's that syndrome? Fingers and uh, Marfan syndrome, and it it just makes your <laughs> yeah. appendages grow really longer. Yeah, so it, it it it's pro people who are tall are prone to it. We had a really tall guy in our class named Dan, and we were learn like we were reading about the syndromes going through it in school, and the teachers like oh, the Marfan syndrome. People normally suffer from this, this, and this. And like my really good buddy who's taking paramedic school with me is Dan. And I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, Dan's got Marfan syndrome. I'm like he's Dan, Dan, the Marfan man. <laughs> and then he guys like, he's still, we've been working, we've been working this job for eight years and everybody still calls him Dan, Dan, the Marfan man. It's perfect. Does that syndrome allow like like transfer to the skull as well? Or is that mainly? Well, it's a disease of the connective tissue. If I under, if I remember correctly, I'll Google it really quick. But so there is connective tissue in the skull, but I don't know. Not to that extent, I don't think. Like, what? what's the one, hydrocephaly, where, like, the brain fluid fills up the skull and it, like, swells in children, but that's usually fatal early It'll on. It'll kill you. Right? Yeah, you won't make it past So if you're, like, if your skull, yeah, your skull swells and, like, nothing, it just, you just can't live. Puts pressure on all the blood vessels and you fucking die. Right. So on that note, I always have, because I know people always have asked us before. So we, we're going to bring this in right here because there was a, for a while, there's something called the star child skull. Mm -hmm. And so the guy's name was Lloyd Pye. We've talked about it before. He was a big, big, Bigfoot. All roads lead to Bigfoot. <laughs> but he also, he was a proponent of the star child skull, which was a skull that was like extremely large for it, its size. Like it seemed way bigger than it should be. So for a long time, they're like, oh, the star child skull, it's an alien hybrid. And I'm, I, I mean, all roads point to it was not, but maybe aliens are more human than we think because it was eventually like the, a dentist, like they examined the teeth. They're like, yeah, this is from a four or four and a half or five-year-old child. And he had this hydrocephaly. And it makes sense because if you, you could look at that and you could look at other cases of children, skulls who had like, who have died because of this. It's pretty much exactly the same. Yeah. So uh, like I was saying before, so you have the the two types of artificial uh, cranial deformation. You have tabular, which can happen unintentionally, like I said. But the other one is definitely what the scientists conclude as intentional, which is the circumferential modification, where this one is like you actually take, and you can look up pictures of this because it's, it's um, the probably most of the pictures you'll find are the ones from uh, uh, Central African tribes where they take like an actual band of rope or something and they tie it around the the cranium of the of the you know of a newly born child and and that's how they go ahead and produce the modifications so th now here's here's the weird thing which is which is not which I thought was really interesting is that you would think that you would find, one of those techniques, like one of those uh, ways to deform the skull, like you think you would find those perhaps like in one area, like you'd find it one area and that would be the dominant or, you know, the, the most popular way of 
cranial artificial cranial deformation. But what scientists have seen across, you know, across the continents in these areas is that you will find both techniques used within relatively close proximity of each other. Right. You will see some using tabular and you'll see others using circumferal information. So for example, they had the Aymara culture uh, in which were prominent in the Highland areas near Tiwakan. T- I never get this right. Tiwanaku. Tiwanaku. In Brazil. And they used the circumferential compression while at the same time, you had the coastal areas of Peru where they practiced tabular deformations, which was the more pro- more popular thing, which I thought that was fascinating because it's like, well, so okay. same Same time frame, different techniques, cl- close proximity. Right. It wasn't just like one, it, you don't, in some of these areas, you don't just see like one started here and then it spread out. You don't see it spread out from like uh, the most populous center from like a metropolis or something, a central cultural center, you know, a cultural center of a, of a civilization and then spread out. It's more like you get, you get, you can get different ones to produce the same product essentially. It's to me, that's mind boggling because to me, that points to like, I would say that they they've seen like that points to me that they're replicating something they've seen. Right. And they don't know how. So they're like their cultures that are close by are just doing it and working on it at the same time. Separate from each other. So it's like they've they've seen something and they're trying to mimic it with their with their kids. Yeah. Either they've seen it recently or it's been passed down from whoever started it, seen something. And now they're like, they just do it because it's culture. But at one point they must've been something like, you know, what's a good idea. We should stretch our heads to look like that. Or I, I just don't know how it starts. Like, how does that, who's the first person to be like, no, it's a great idea. I'm going to wrap my baby's head and make it long. Like, I mean, somebody had the idea to go get a fucking barbed wire tattoo across his bicep for the first time. Yeah, but you can ship passed you, on. You, but a barbed wire tattoo that. doesn't take three years to do. It was you people know? do stupid shit. Yeah, but you people, can get. I don't know. That was a cool thing back then. Yeah, but you can get rid of a barbed wire tattoo. You can't get rid of a fucking elongated. Well, you skull. can now. That's now relatively like, new technology. That, that's some weird shit to me. Where I'm like, when I think back to these ancient cultures, I bet it has something to do with being like of high status or like looking like a god, and I'm like. Right when you think about it, all these cultures, like when you, when you bring religion back with all the main religions around the world, it all goes down back to the same fucking thing. You know what I mean? Everybody all goes back to worshiping the sun or whatever. You know what I mean? Like same story. It's so weird to me that everything, all these cultures all have pyramids. All these cultures all kind of somewhat have the same base for their religion. And now all these motherfuckers want weird shaped heads. Like it's, it's bizarre. Why? Yeah. Why? It's Um, it's bizarre. The other thing that I found fascinating is that. It's like looking at like our intelligence level based, you know, compared to chimpanzees is because we can have like our, we have more room for our brains, right? Like our, we can have more brain mass, right? Is that correct, Andrew? Like that's, I don't, I, Dan would maybe know better me, but, but there's, there's, there's a little bit more to it than that. that, I would say that too. Cause you would say like, look at a fuck. There's a chihuahua is not smarter or is not dumber than a fucking German shepherd. You know what I mean? There's a big disparity. It's our brain. It's our, what's the front? It's the, the frontal, the cor- frontal cortex. The cortex. That's like the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the place of the brain that allows I us to reason. I don't think it matters because we have more size for it. I just think we've had to be able to do evolve it. Size probably has a little, something to do with it as well. Cause if, 
I mean, we have if we had this, if a chimpanzee had a different style of brain, but in the same skull, it'd probably be smarter. So it's like how our brains have yeah. evolved. Well, yeah, but there's fucking animals that have brains twice the size of ours, and we're fucking we can. No, I'm, outthink that's them. what I'm saying though. That's I think what's brain saying. Like if a chimpanzee had, if you change a chimpanzee's brain to have more of a like a cortex like a human, but it was the same size, it'd be much smarter. But yeah, it doesn't so, have to, not just necessarily the size of the brain. What I'm trying to get at is, and this might be way wrong because this is from uh, a really kooky guy, uh, L.A. Uh, Marzuli. Who, God, uh, I love that last name. Great yeah, name. I fucking uh, love it. I'll get into some more of him in after hours. But one of the things he was saying in, in his research was that in the elongated skulls that they found that were pra- like elongated you know, by this tabular or the other method, it doesn't increase the capacity of the skull. Like it doesn't increase the weight, the volume. It's, it's, yeah. it's just the sh- skull is shaped differently. But in some of these paracas skulls, they, the, like the area for the brain is way larger and the skulls are heavier than that of like a human counterpart. Yeah. And that is, that's not just him saying that. I mean, he does go down some crazy theories, but like Brian Forrester also, I mean, he, he's been on the practice skulls for a long time, but yeah, they claim that in many of the practice skulls found, not all of them, but you know, some of them that are found like the skulls they say are like 25% heavier and 20% more like volume in like inter like the skull volume. Actually, it's a bigger in like a bigger skull than a human a human counterpart of the same size. One even then the like human elongated skulls that we know are like manipulated through these fashions. Yeah, so I mean, so yeah, so some of them like yeah, you have a yeah, you have a elongated skull but it's the same size as a human head like if you go measure out the surface area it just it's I mean, longer instead of round. Maniac we got we got fucking Brainiac, we got fucking Megamind, we got the leader, three smart dudes. Yep. Yeah. Modok, that guy's got a fucking okay, huge head. Uh, before we get, because that the Paracas skulls and Brian Forrester and that theory, that that will take us to the end of the file. So let's uh let's have a quick beer break. We'll be right back and we'll continue going down that route. Be right back. Okay, so we left off talking, brought it back. I started the episode. We talked talked about the Paracas skulls. We said we'd bring it back. So yeah, now we the, um, well now this we're talking about the size and brain capacity. And I'm saying like if you look at our frontal cortex that we've said, you know, gives us our you know our super smart powers of being smarter than everything. Imagine if you had room for that to be, you know, even larger than it is. It's a little bit bigger. A little 20, bit bigger. Another twenty percent or so. Yeah. Well, let's say like if the skulls are twenty percent bigger, let's say even a ten percent increase in what we have now. Like, what would that unlock for us? I mean, but like, so like, are we just playing along that we think that size matters in this situation? Well, we all know that you want to impose <laughs> no. that for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what we I mean. All know that's what I'm saying not, here. It's not the size, it's the motion in the dendrites. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. But no, you know what I mean? Like, is that, are we playing along that to bind this guy's theory? Because, well, I, it, I mean, this theory is, we're kind of making this up as we go, I think right here. Because so, like you, you we, we have this in normal humans today. You have like, Listen, you think me and Shaq have the same size of fucking brain? Not a goddamn chance. There's no way. Yeah, but you have the same proportion of all the parts. There's definitely records of people and examples of people functioning with less, with at least half a brain. 
There are people like there are medical. There stroke, have been medical there's, cases. There's, yeah. there's stroke survivors that are fucking that are have like seventy percent to fifty percent of fucking brain function that are gone back to their ability, like their previous abilities, completely. Okay, well, let's entertain the idea that say. Whatever part of That's our, so I'm asking, are we entertaining? We're entertaining the we, idea that if we had 25, if say our the part of our brain that makes us human, makes us be able to reason and you know manipulate our environment, was 25 percent bigger, would that make us superheroes? Is what we're, is it, that's where super we're going. villains if we know our track records here that's well, true it's <laughs> always super villains have the bigger heads you we can know this. you can listen to freddie silva do some lectures where he talks about ancient cultures before the younger dries that had uh control of all the elements uh, and could move things telepathically with their minds um and that's how he accounts for uh the great pyramids being built and stuff like that is this culture that was basically mostly wiped out during the Younger Dryas, who then passed on as much knowledge as they could to the hunter-gatherer human sapien uh, around the time. Then, like, we're saying that those people, per, per perhaps that some of these elongated skulls may have been that... Lost race. And for me, like, and I, I would buy more into the fact that these are maybe extraterrestrial beings that have bigger brains because they're from a different planet and different like species in general than just having bigger brains because they have more knowledge. But like, who knows, maybe, maybe they evolved over year. Like, cause we're, we know that civilization is a lot older than we thought it was. Maybe they evolved to make more fucking space like Dan did in their brain. I don't know. Ran out of fucking gigabytes or whatever the fuck you call it. Yeah, perhaps. Yep. I mean, if it's a dip, say it was a different, like species, like an alien species or a hybrid species, their brain might be 25% bigger, but also sh like way different, just like ours to a chimp. So it would like allow them to like understand or manipulate stuff way easier than we could. Well, because like, just like when we were talking earlier with chimps and humans, like it go, it ties in more to do with like genetics than it does with size, with how your brain functions. Right. Yeah. And like brain makeup like different like different regions of the brain and what they do and all that stuff and so maybe these species just have an ability to like their genetics are just more predisposed to being fucking almighty and all-knowing perhaps now we can take this theory a little bit farther so like brian forster he spent a lot of time examining these skulls and you know in 2014 they did an initial dna test and you know everyone jumped on board because they're like oh that Unknown, blah, 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 could be aliens. Turns out now they've done another test in 2018, three different universities, and they they presented this, these skulls as mummies. They didn't really give any more information. They said, these are mummies, you know, do a cranial examination, uh, check for DNA and all the stuff that, whatever you can do, whatever you can find in this, let's, ch let's, check, let's check for it. So they had like, they tested 18 skulls, uh, six skulls, confirmed no results like the dna was too degraded they couldn't really find anything out of them but 12 confirmed results and what brian forrester says is four skulls were so this is something new that i've just learned while doing research for this that i had no idea haplogroups you know what those are so haplogroup is just like when they do genetic testing it could tell like what part of the world your ancestors came from I learned all about this when I did my 23andMe. <laughs> yeah, so you would know. It was like your haplogroup would be, you're from, 
your ancestors from Lebanon, so, I, what so you could find yeah, out what question, that hap- question about that first, because I know he does talk about the haplogroups, but does he go into talking about, like, because I know, Andrew, like the 23andMe tests, I'm not sure how precise the ones that that Brian Forrester and them use, but it really, it, it I know we're reading a couple articles about it because I am always suspicious of genetic testing companies, but it's like, it's not necessarily a exact telling where it's from it only gives you like a percentage like a likelihood of where it's from did they use, did they use something more precise yeah like they they basically i i don't know how much i buy into it either but they basically like contract down to where my haplogroup originated from or it's like a percentage of like what it's like a they give you like a probability like it's probably from here what those percentages are of like where they are it's it's usually like if you read the fine print it's like, I'd have to look at the fine print, here. but when I click on the fucking, like when I look at like my paternal haplogroup I'm looking at right now, it's saying like, this is your haplogroup. My, my halo uh, haplogroup is R dash F G C one, one, two, nine, three. And that's, <laughs> and like, that's where we, that's where I got my son's name. Like I'm from haplogroup, but that, that's R dash no one, three, three. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm from the, the. Un Nile dynasty of Nile of the nine hostages. He was this like Irish king on my dad's side, and that's where I got my kid's name from. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, so I, I had no idea about haplogroups. groups. I've never wanted to give my DNA because I feel like they're gonna clone me or something. And like, sure. I don't know what they do yeah. with that shit when they perfectly legitimate clone us duds though. Like, this is the fucking genetic genetic dumps over here. Like, hey, when uh, the when they're I don't know what they're doing with the DNA, but I don't trust cloning. Them. We need some average. Build and height guys with receding hairlines that are <laughs> mediocre underachievers. Uh, this is what we need. If they're trying to put a, a, a database together of all human DNA in case the species gets wiped out and then some super advanced AI can rebuild us on a different we'll planet. We'll probably be able to order like clone Andrews soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you need guys to work in the fucking boiler room of the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, you know going down. I would, I would fucking really like to get a reroll. So. <laughs> No maybe we get better stats. 100%. Yeah, maybe we get better. Yeah, fucking shafted. I feel like I took the worst of both sides and put it together. <laughs> made me, like fucking bullshit. All right, so what were you, what were you talking about? The haplogroups. Okay, I was just saying that haplogroups is something new I learned, and I mean I don't know. I I didn't dissect the entire analysis. I'm just taking Brian Forrester at his word. So you can go to your own research about him, and this is his theory though. So Brian Forrester, uh, working with the proving government managed to secure some of these skulls for testing, send them out to labs, tell them they're mummies. And so four skulls came back as haplogroup B with some, B is the main one. So B is like native North American, more or less. You can get more specific. I'm sure if you look at it to like what exactly what part. So four of those skulls were haplogroup B and eight, according to these uh, universities that tested them, Eight were not native, being haplogroups U2E, H1A, or H2, or T2B. And all those uh. are pretty much from Syria to the Caspian Sea and to the Black Sea, like this little triangle. So you're like, okay. So, I mean, the, the original theory of humanity is yeah, out of Africa, slowly migrating across you know, across Southeast Asia and up through Russia. And then like 14,000 years ago, they got to North America and then eventually all the way down to South America. So now his theory, I mean, originally they thought aliens in 2014, but 
since recanted to be, no, this is equally as interesting because it may, may rewrite, you know, human expansion. And so he, what his theory is, is this haplogroup or, or these like, these elongated skulls are from this haplogroup from the Caspian Sea area, the like, so Syria, Black Sea, Caspian Sea, kind of in that area. And in that area, I guess, like red hair and like blue eyes was like a common trait. And a lot of these Paracas skulls are found with red hair still attached to the skull. And some people are, are like, oh, that's just part of like, you know, you know, the decomposition, the hair changed color. And then what he's saying is no, he's, that's been examined and no hair is hair and it's red hair. So he is saying that these elongated skulls somehow either, either they sailed or like, obviously it's hard to tell, but they got to, they got to Paracas, Peru. And that's where they set up, they took their cranial deformations. If it was a deformation or if that was just, because the theory will progress here in a second. They took that to Peru and then it migrated the culture started in Peru and it's kind of worked its way up through North America. And that's his theory. So that leads us now. This is, I know everyone, everyone who looks into the elongated skulls, you get to this theory. And that is like, if you go to like Syria and stuff, like, you know, we're getting to like, that's like a cradle of, that's a lot of like, that's a cradle of civilization. Babylon. Fucking Mesopotamia. Right? Like a lot of ancient stuff there. The, the Tigris and the Euphrates. The stories of, I mean, the fictional stories of the Anunnaki perhaps, but also like a lot of people talk of like the Nephilim and like, you know, the book of Enoch and like when the giants were here, they were gods and they mated with like, they mated with human females and the elongated skulls, they're like, they are alien is, you know, a lot of theories, but also half human. So that's where you get to like, you know, the alien hybrids, like this is the, you know, the progenitor race of humanity. And so that's, that's where I'm going to leave it right there. So that's, that's pretty much that whole theory in a nutshell, all based on Forrester's theory of these, these elongated skulls in Paracas came from this area in the Middle East. Thoughts? Um, well, he's done the, like, Brian's done the most research on it. He's probably the most... <laughs> into it out there um with this case file i had a really difficult time because a lot of avenues that i was going down um like la what's his name la mazzarelli and guys like this um they have Mizzouli. as oh, Mizzouli. Mizzouli. they yeah. have no like la Mizzouli has no <laughs> <laughs> like he's not a historian he doesn't have a degree what? you tell me with a name like that that guy's not doesn't he, have any credentials right he has no me? credentials and he's then like, he's not dr mazuli i i listened to an interview with him and he's claiming all this research and the interview asked like well why don't you publish your findings to get peer-reviewed and he goes i'm not interested in that because i'm not in their little club so no one wants to hear what i have to say and I'm like, okay, fair enough. At that point, I'm like, okay, it's a little red flag for me. Fair enough. But then as you go further, he starts really shifting into like some flat earth shit where he's like, these are hiding God. This is like all this are from, it's from God. And all of this is like hiding the fact that there's gods and a God. And then he starts talking about the fucking dragon God. 
And I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, this all started with elongated skulls and it's going fucking madness. Um, what is it? You got to tie it in for us quick. Summarize it. Why? What's why? What's do they hide God in the elongated part of their skull? They're basically they're the nef they're the nephilism. Uh, and they're, they were like angel, essentially angels that can control. But then he starts going that there's, there's two entities in the universe are all powerful God and this dragon entity. And this dragon entity is evil and he was created by God, but God is just letting it play out. And it, dude, it's like I said, it's batshit crazy. And a, a, a lot of the flat, uh, elongated skull stuff would kind of get into this like religious stuff which I didn't like, but I like the alien avenue that Brian Forrester takes and like his theory. Well, Forrester stops. It doesn't go. He stops. He does not mention alien in his newest interviews. He stops no. at these skulls. These Paracas people are similar because they found elongated skulls that are pretty much the same in this area of like the Caspian Sea. So it's not like it's like they didn't, they have found elongated skulls there as well. So his theory now through his, DNA, or not his analysis, but the analysis of like three separate universities confirmed that this haplogroup and this haplogroup is from this area. So his, this is his theory is that he's not leaning towards aliens. He's leaning as to human expansion is maybe not how it's being taught. So that's where his theory ends. People pick up his theory. We're saying that, okay, well, there's elongated skulls in this area, like by Syria and stuff. I mean, now, now you start to mention the the elongated skulls in like ancient Egypt and like around the world and pyramids all linking together. So the series it starts snowballing, right? Now you're like, okay, well, there's elongated skulls. They mentioned them in Egypt. They mentioned them in Mayans. They both build pyramids. There's architecture similar in Peru and Egypt. So that's where the theory starts to un, like unfold, and that's where we get into the theorizing bit because it obviously it's all theory at this point, but it's fun. It gets fun. It gets fun real quick. Dan, I know you got something. You got something built and building up in that. I don't know, man. I think Dan sides with Doctor Mazzuli. <laughs> yeah, dude. Dragon God sounds rad. I'm fucking on board. Let's go. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. I am curious about a lot of things, uh, especially mm. some of the stuff that Forrester. Now, Brian Forrester, I will say, he does. He has done probably more to make the Paracas skulls and this and and the research that he's done with the skulls uh he's done a lot of work to bring that out um and get that out into the public eye and so people can look at it critically and um take this stuff seriously about why because personally for me the elongated skulls is not so much about like how it happened like we know how they did it like we're, we're we're reasonably sure about 90% about how they did these cranial deformations, how they happened, what people were doing. We have art, we have all kinds of records about showing cranial deformation. It's more about like the why. And, and you guys have been talking about it the whole time. It's like, why, why would you do this? It, it takes one to three years for them to, you know, uh, to deform the skull. Cause it, it, it when a child is born it, uh, from what I've researched is like, that is the, prime time to deform the skull it's still soft until they hit about three rubber, years man. yeah right um that nice soft spot right even even mouth. recently what i was reading is that um recently probably like the 80s or something like that when they were telling uh you know child rearing experts were telling people you know there, there was a there was a small period in time 
where they were telling uh, they were telling new parents to be like, okay, you should let your kids sleep on their stomach. That's the best way for them to sleep. And then they quickly put that back. Don't do that. They said, don't do that. Okay. And that changed season because you were having some problems. Yeah, one of them was like SIDS. Yes. And one of them was SIDS. also the, the, you also get the, uh, like the asymmetrical forming of the skull because they would like turn their, you know, turn their heads or something like that. And they would be like, Bwah! like you get like one side of the head would be flatter than the other. And you would get that. Um, so that's what happened to me. Yeah. That's what happened <laughs> to you. On my stomach. That's what fucking happened. That makes sense. <laughs> um, so we know about cranial deformation, these things. And it's like, but why, why would they intentionally do this? Why would you do this to your child? Because it is obviously painful. It is probably causing them serious discomfort, not necessarily, maybe not necessarily later in life because you're, once the bone, once the bone is deformed and it's formed, that's it. It's just like, it's going to form like that. That's just going to happen. And then the brain kind of grows around that it's rubber, whatever it goes up into that. But why would you want to do this? Because the explanation, most, most, um, archaeologists, anthropologists who have studied these, these culture, these cultural traditions, they have no real 100% sure explanation about why these people did this. It's always about, you know, the gods told them to do this or some culture told them to do this, but they have no idea where it came from. Um, they have theories, of course, the theories, and, and one of the most prominent ones you'll find is that they were they were a way for uh, societies to identify nobles because this this was a practice that was uh, a lot of the skulls that they found were buried. See, with, right there, that's to me like the sign of nobility. It's like how does that become become the sign of nobility? Is that elongated skulls? If it's not something you're mimicking from something that like imagine like an alien comes down, some alien species, and dazzle like just baffles everyone, makes Fucking contact. Ziggy Stardust comes down and then they play leave. Music. So the, all like that's that left is, you know, of just the stories of these people, and you start manipulating your child's skull, and you'd be like, my child is one of them. He's one of them. No, like you know, praise him. I, you know what? I can buy into that because like you, you know, people evolve. That's normal. And we can tell people did evolve because they started just being like, you know what? I can look noble all by just being fucking fat. It's way easier. All I got to do is eat. But also to Andrew's point, fuck. also to Andrew point, um, people do stupid stuff. Humans do really stupid things. And one Can't of the explanations could possibly tattoo. be that because of the the unintentional because it can happen cranial deformation artificial cranial deformation happens unintentionally you know when they were just carrying kids and maybe they had some badass dude warrior king who was <laughs> just had his head back, had a giant <laughs> fucked up skull because he had just slept wrong on his stomach for the, all the years when he was growing up and his soft skull got all mashed up but he was a fucking beast on the you know on the battlefield and then that was the reason that they did it you know? Yeah, but again, Dan, like you said, the one thing that I can't buy into that direct conclusion is that so we have the different cultures. We expand through all cultures and we have different practices going on at the same time. If that was the case where it's like from one person, you would see this like branching of it going out, like outwards from a circus, but you don't see that. You see it everywhere. So yeah, and that's a that's a perfectly valid question. Is about you're still like trying to figure they're still trying to figure out where exactly it came from because you have it everywhere all over the world. You have it in places like Hungary, Korea, China, Mexico, Africa, 
everywhere. And their cultures have been doing this for thousands of years to make their heads larger and more elongated. And for what? Like, why? And a lot of the the only thing that we know is that it it is uh, from at least uh, they, well in 2018 there was a survey done by Matthew Velasco who's a professor of anthropology at Cornell University and he saw that the cranial deformation techniques that were used started to become standardized at least in South America he did a survey of the skulls in South America and from around the same time. So probably about like the, uh, like 1150 to like 1450 AD. And he saw a frequency increase in the, in the standardization of the, the head shaping practices. So the heads became a lot more smoother. They became a lot more uniform. And he says that when you go and look at the context of the history of, of that area, there was a kind of collapse of some of the civilizations that were uh, in the area. There was a lot of conflict. And he's saying that during this, this conflict and the collapse of the, the civilizations that had been prominent, and this was prior to the rise of the Inca civilization, like out, out of this, this conflict, the Inca civilization rose up, but he saw that the, the skulls all kind of happened to, to start, using the same technique. So he's saying that the nobility and these things use it as a kind of way to um, promote social status or group cohesion. So you had the nobilities and these different cultures when they started like melding or taking over each other, they kind of like they did the, the, the skull shaping techniques started to standardize and you get these, like they got really good at it. So <laughs> you have this thing where it just, it just happens. I don't know. Like, okay. it's, it, that's fine. But now I, I got to bring this back. Cause we talked about it earlier and that's the, the large, like these Paracas skulls being 25% larger, but also 60% heavier, like actually having more bone density. So there's something, I guess I learned this as well called a sagittal suture connecting the mm -hmm. two like halves of your skull. Yeah. And, and pretty much, pretty much all humans have, you could, if they can, you can like in all skulls, they have like, it's like a little like jagged, like fracture line up your yep. head. But in all of these ones that tested for the haplotype back to the Caspian Sea, do not have that in the skull. Wait, I know, Dan, I know, one second. They also have something called a foramen magnum, which is where the, I guess the spine attaches to the head. Yeah. Well, we all have, everybody has yeah, that. Yeah, but the, in these ones, it's in a different place is what they're saying. Oh, so his theory, and and I, they're like, okay, yes, the, you can, there's, you know, some, some, what's it called down with like the, the actual hemispheres of your skull fuse and you don't have the suture. Yeah, that can happen. Yes. But it's not. That was what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. So it can happen, but in all of the skulls that tested back all don't have it. So the theory goes that maybe these skulls are not deformed this is maybe like an actual new species is what they're kind of trying to push here and so if you take that back to middle east you know syria and all that stuff and you have these the the old the theories of the half like the half gods or like you know the nephilim like the the gods came down made it with human females and maybe the gods did have this elongated skull maybe it was more pronounced or whatever, and this this is like a, a slim down version, and that's where maybe these gods are, uh, you know, at because 
across, let's say like a, there was a spanning civilization back, you know, pre, pre-Diluvian race from memory, go, you know, Hancock theory. And that's where all the theories come from. Cause it's weird. It is weird that these skulls are all bigger. They're all perfectly formed. They're all missing the, the suture between the hemispheres and like where it connects to the spine they're saying is different. So that's where a lot of people start drawing. They're like, okay, well this now people get drawn in a little more. Are they like, so when they, they compare these skulls, they're hundred percent human. They're not like they couldn't be another race. Like those, what are the, the Florentis, you know what I mean? Like those smaller race of humans that we had or anything like that. Like we're, we're hundred percent positive that these are human remains. No, I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think I would, if you asked him, he might, he might not say, he might say that they're not exactly homo sapiens, but I don't know. I don't know. So the one okay. thing I was like, is it, you know, could it be uncommon that there, there may be an outlying like culture of just who had like this deformity that was passed on. I mean, you look, there's lots of inbreeding. Maybe. Yes. You th- mm-hmm. I'm, I'm now I'm just thinking, I'm like, we, you know, we have that, what, whatever that one, the blue people, right? Where there's so much inbreeding that like they have like a blue hue in their skin. They look fucking weird. I can't remember where they are. West Virginia. Or like, is West it- Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, yeah, it's really about West Virginia? Yeah, yeah, it's West no, Virginia. It's real. Oh shit. And then yeah. it's in North America. And you have like the people like in the Philippines or whatever, where their eyes have adapted for like diving underwater. Like they get, they almost have like cat eyes or some shit. Right, like we have these outlying groups that have these deformities, but this one is just—it's almost—it's so extreme. Like it's like that last one you said that with the Fijians that can learn to like see in the water or whatever. Like that—that is like you know what I mean. That—that's evolving to a certain extent. What the fuck do you need this giant head for? That's what I need to understand. (laughs) Like, what is it? You know what I mean? Like for me, it's like. I, again, like we go like sign of nobility. It was sexy at the time. It was cool. It was like the fucking having a bush in the eighties. That was the thing to have. You wanted to have a bush. Like, it's now it's so that's what. Yeah, it's so <laughs> strange because some of the practices, like it is, you will find this. Like I said, it is seems to be a sign of nobility. The, the, the what scientists have found is that a lot of the the skull binding, the, the elongated skulls, will be concentrated within what would have been like a metropolis of those cities, like a heavily populated. And as you radiate out, as you do excavations like farther out, you find the kind of the 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 elongation of the skulls kind of falls off. That whole tradition, like it's not as practiced as much, like outside of the cities. Um, but to some places, it's extremely important to their culture. For example, I mentioned the Chinookan people, and they, they're mentioned in Lewis and Clark's journeys, their journals, when they met these people. And there was, there's a point that it was so important to them to have the, their children to have these deformities, to have their skulls bound and, and shaped in such a way that they're, you know, flat up in the front and in the back, that when they started, um, when they started having children with white men, like the women, like the, the rates of infanticide Whoa. actually ri- went on the rise because they were killing their children because the, the father wouldn't let them bind the heads of their kids. And they would, the, the women would rather have their children dead than not have their skulls Fuck. deformed. Crazy. <sighs> so hard to fathom. I like, I just look in like, I know there's people that are, are saying in the, in our chats and stuff that like, you know, maybe it's like tattooing and stuff and like body modifications we do now and stuff. 
But to me, it's like, you know, we see these outliers still today. Like, look at um, the Myanmar people who do the neck elongation. They don't really know where that came from. Like, they have ideas and stuff, but there is no real, like, definitive answer of why they started doing that. And, like, it's it's a painful process. You lose the ability to, like, not be able to have your head stand up without the rings on. And I'm like, when you start to look at the neck getting along like that, it does have a very extraterrestrial look to it. Mm, yeah. Right? And I start to think that these cultures were doing that to mimic something they saw. And it, I go back to, like, just all the artwork and stuff of depicting like flying saucers and you know men in ma like in in masks spacesuits and, and shit spacesuits and shit the Nazca lines I mean these are all painting a picture in the a past that we just kind of glaze over and we're like well maybe none of this is it's all coincidence but I'm like it 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 starts to me I like look at it and I'm like why not like why why is that so hard to believe that there might have been something that came that influenced all these cultures at a certain time? I could get on board with that. So sure, like there are lots of examples of body modification throughout history. We have things like Braden said, neck elongation. We've got Chinese foot binding. You have that. That happened. That's a weird I don't know, one. Maybe there's yeah. ETs with little That's weird little weird. feet. Like, and they thought that was cool. I don't know. You have people like, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his real name, but the guy's stalking cat. You probably saw him on talk shows where it's like, yeah. I'm going to modify my face to look like a cat. Like, I don't know why you would do that. You just really want to be a cat. Like, I don't well, know. That, that seems like an but, intention thing. Like, If it's just like, if they're outliers, like with just one or two people, but when you, like if there's cat people all over the world, different, but like this seems like yeah. different timelines of humanity different cultures all across the world, all binding heads or boarding their heads, all and doing it for a status thing, status, right? like what I, yeah, this thing for whatever reason, making deforming your child's skull, probably a lot of kids died while doing it. I wouldn't be surprised. Like you did it, it too is, tight. They, though, like we're I such a know. society Why? that mimics status, right? Like if you look like, like, our society. Do you think any more kids died from head binding than normal attrition rates at, in those times? Um, I'm just saying some people, it, like, some people would have killed their kids doing it, I'm sure. Uh, there is one theory that perhaps this harkens back to a time where, because, because most of our traditions and things like that are what anthropologists and archaeologists will tell you, like most of our traditions kind of hark back to times when it's like we needed to do certain things to survive or perhaps something like that. So perhaps this was a way or a method to for tribes um, when they started coming together or things like that, you could identify each other by easily looking at them. You know, if you if you have the, the modified head and you're like, hey, that guy's got a big fucking head like just like me, we're bros, you know, so... That, that could possibly be, hmm. that's one theory, is that perhaps they did this in order to be able to easily identify each other from long distances or, for you know, within the things. To, to also, again, promote group cohesion because people look similar, they tend to stick together. If you look at how we treat, like, people of status in our culture even today, if someone famous comes out and is wearing a new purse and they're like, this is the purse to get... Every fucking person oh, runs out and get the. They right? do to their lips. I got lip injections. No, I, I got to look like this because this famous person looks like this, and we all need to look like this with my <laughs> duck lips. Now, we just do that because you're like, this is. I want to be people to think that I'm like this. 
person. It's it's literally like seeing someone of that status and then mimicking it. And it's well, to not me, it's, everything's like that though. Like when you think about it, like like tattoos started as like traditional fucking you know what I mean? Religious pieces or whatever the fuck it was. You know what I mean? And we have those all throughout cultures. Right. And now they've evolved to being fashion statements and shit like that. Right. So we could think that maybe the, the, the elongating the skulls started as fucking tradition and stuff like that. And other people saw it and was like, well, that guy's cool. So I want to do it too. I'm just, I'm just saying like you have beats headphones on you are beats better. The best brand. No, they're not. No, I got them for you, 40 bucks yes, on shop as well. But what That's I'm saying is people buy full, them full price. There's better headphones, but because they're Beats and they're Dr. Dre and they're the thing to get, everyone gets them, right? We're, we're so influenced by this status. And when I look back at these civilizations and these ancient cultures, I don't think it was any different. I think they saw something that was powerful and was like, I need to be like this. I need to be, I need to look like that in order to, you know, have what they have, uh, even an inkling you'd of it. Think for me, then for me in that situation, you'd think like the fucking people in power would put a ban on that. Then be like, listen, no, that's only for the fucking wealthy and the people who are in charge. You're not allowed to have it on some anthropologists I think they say did that, that you do see that in some cultures that there was like a ban put on some of them that said you can't yeah, make your like head peasants. Like this. You can't do that. You're not. You're not fucking cool. You can't sit with us. You can't sit with us. You don't have a elongated skull. What a fucking nerd. Right? Who knows? Like maybe they would kill a child if they found it of like a not a nobility class that they were doing that that practice to. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Okay, so Braden's theory is that perhaps humanity around the world at different times had witnessed a being or something that you know led them to be like, well, that guy's God. So I, here now, if I want to be God on Earth, I got to have my head like that. So then maybe, yeah, you. Then you start, you do it to your kid and your kid does it to his kid. You become a, a royal family. Now I, I could get on board with and that. You, and you start telling your kid, you were, you were one of the gods. You're like a children you of God. You came from the sky, just like them. We're part of that race. One of the gods, just like them. And they're like, I well, am You're going to have to do this to your kids, even though yeah. you're a god. Yeah. You still have to pass it down. Yeah. Now I think, so that's, a. I mean, that's a great theory and sound. And like, obviously there's, it's a, it's got to be a status thing. It has to, because it's around the world and. Like it has to be a status thing, but maybe it wasn't aliens. Maybe this, you know, maybe this species of people who had elongated skulls and that's why they don't have the suture. And that's like, they're a different, they're different. And this hasn't, they don't have enough evidence yet to like branch out. And that's what For Forrester and company are doing. So maybe, maybe that's it. And if nothing else, I think, I think they might be onto something here with the, the civil, like, how humanity dispersed across the earth. So I pay more attention to this over the next, you know, five, 10 years. Cause why would they match if the D let's say the DNA is right. And they are matching from Paracas and from over by the Caspian sea. If that is like true, a true match. And like the science on that ends up being sound that like rewrites human history right there. Forget the aliens, forget everything. That's just like, well, maybe this was more like part we are more, you know, more global than we give ourselves credit for. And that's why you see the same type of interlocking like block structures in Egypt and in Peru, right? Like the same type of building technologies like around the world. So, I mean, that, that's my thought. I think maybe, if nothing else, this could maybe in the future rewrite a little human history or it's a fucking alien Nephilim hybrid. And th those were the gods 
and they spread around the world instilling civilization. And that's why you see civilization around the world binding their heads as a status thing because the aliens did it first. Andrew? As much as I like to just play devil's advocate and question things like I, I, you know what I mean? For me, you know, we, we all have this, this thing instilled in us to protect, protect and love our children. You know what I mean? You love your children more than anything on the planet. That's the reason why human race has fucking survived as long as it has, because as we all know, kids are fucking useless and you have to protect them. You know what I mean? So we, you know what I mean? Like even in these ancient cultures, you'd know that, you know what I mean? If somebody's head looked normal and then something happened to it and it became elongated through trauma or something like that, that's not fucking good. So they're going to these extensive measures to, to elongate these, your kids' skulls, right? Like it's not easy. It's, it, it's, you're, you've been doing it over time. It's turned into tradition and stuff like that, but it's still, it's, that's your child. You're putting your child somewhat at risk for, you know what I mean? And to me, that makes me think like, it's gotta be something so fucking worth it. You know what I mean? Like to them, this is the most important thing they could do. This is a gift they're giving to their child. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're doing their child a favor by elongating their skull. And brings me back to what Braden was saying. It's like they were modeling their fucking heads after something. And it's just, it, 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 it it, oh man, like it's just too much for me. It doesn't help that I took this fucking THC spray so I go to bed because <laughs> my mind's m- flying a mile a minute. Woo! But like, just again, like connecting all the fucking dots, like Braden's board behind him. It's just all these places have the pyramids. You know, they've all depicted, you know, throughout in time, like what's the first alien we saw? What's the first example of an alien we saw? Right? Those little gray bastards with the giant fucking heads. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's bizarre that all these different cultures that had no way of communicating with each other at this time, like, covering vast distances had these same practices. It's just, it's weird. I don't know what the fuck's going it's on. It's wild. My, my brain's not elongated enough to comprehend this. Fair enough. Simple as that. Dan, I mean, you gave, you gave a lot of, the, a lot of your theories already, but give a quick summary of all of the, what you said. I find it absolutely fascinating. It is one of these human traditions that is is almost it predates definitely predates history like written history it's one of those cultural traditions that goes way way back like we they see it they said scientists have found that this this artificial cranial deformation not only prevalent in homo sapiens sapiens but they also said that they found evidence in neanderthal skulls as well like neanderthals were actually perhaps artificially deforming their children's skulls as well so it has to be something that, like, I would say it's not something, like, to Andrew's point, I agree with that it is, you know, scientists agree that this is a time-intensive, physically, you know, perhaps traumatizing procedure that you're doing to your child. It, it takes one to three years. You have to constantly do it. You wake up in the morning. You're tying the kid's head up like you're doing all that stuff you're constantly in increasing pressure or whatever probably painful and you're doing this for something and you know that you have to do it for some reason to to either ensure your child's survival you know and so they they, you know tends to ensure your legacy or that you're you know, your, your children are going to be set for life but I can also say that humans have done a lot of crazy shit in the past for weird reasons, you know, thinking this is what's going to keep us, you know, Aztec, I'm not saying that they're, maybe they're not wrong, but Aztecs did, hu- were sacrificing humans, Peru too, most South American countries were doing human sacrifices and they thought that they were stalling the apocalypse. Like, 
Oh, fuck. Maybe they were. And that's why this all the shit's happening now. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a thousand years, 500 years after they stopped so, doing it. It was a slow, sure. a slow, 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 slow burn. Too late to sure. sacrifice conspiracy. <laughs> we do it. But, you know, it, but this is genuinely a fascinating thing that scientists don't know where this tradition came from or why it's so completely widespread. You, you have cultures from all over the world, not necessarily all like pyramid building, maybe not pyramid building cultures because they're like the, this was prevalent in the Hunnish cultures and, and uh, cultures that inhabited the Eurasian steppe area where they didn't really have like buildings or permanent stuff like that. But it is strange you know, and I would like to see good science put into this, whether if it hasn't already, already you know, it's like it, it is a very, you know, deeply studied thing. You know, I've seen there's a lot of academic papers, a lot of academic literature about it. But it, it really that from the papers that I read, we don't know 100 percent where they got this from. It, there's no one thing that proves that we got it from here. So the alien theory is really as good a theory as anyone else that they saw something that they perceived as powerful or or you know that 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 they wanted to look like to mimic so that one is as good as any and i i could get on board with that theory that they saw something and they that like that's the way we need to do it and only the noble people can do it so yeah so yeah it's, um. it's, i think it's just really cool and it needs more science done and should be looked, you know, more into. <laughs> keep an eye on it. You yeah, know, it's going to we'll pay keep, attention. Yeah. yeah. Pay attention. It's definitely a, a cool worldwide topic. So awesome. Braden, you want to get into space news? <laughs> Uh, and the most exciting bit of space news I think Andrew has. So, Andrew, uh, why don't you bring in your space news? Yeah, he's getting it. He's, he's lining yeah, it up. waiting. <laughs> Here, he, there he is. You're up, buddy. Where's your riveting space What's news? Up? We Yeah, your space news you were preaching about. Uh, and uh, brand new, hot off the presses. There's planets up there. There's stars. It's fucking dark. Nobody can hear you scream. <laughs> Pretty crazy. He's not wrong. No. Nope. There you go. Technically true. You're welcome. Case closed. Welcome to space. Yeah. Where no one can hear you because you're in space. The Starlink satellites are now invisible to the naked eye. Uh, but astronomers, astronomers, astronomers. Still see them. We talked about this uh, a couple months ago. The new Starlink satellites were bright as hell. Uh, they were actually making it hard for amateur astronomers to see past them as they pass in view. They were so bright. Um, we then reported that they were being brought down and the next batch were being sent up with uh, protective coating, non-reflective coating, uh, so they wouldn't <laughs> brighten up the night sky. Um, and the new 415 satellites, uh, have they've been significantly darkened, um, but some astronomers can still see them uh, with you know, good telescopes and stuff, but all in all, before when you saw the videos of them, I mean, they're they bright. Were, they were bright. So it's, I'm glad that they're, it says something that they're like, yeah, we got to make a change right away. Like, this isn't cool. Dude, not only do they, they, 
they gave him a coating, but they gave him like a sun visor to stop the reflection. <laughs> yeah. They call them vi- visor sats. So they actually have this special angle of sun visor that limits the reflection back. So you can actually, they don't look like a giant line of dots spreading across the sky. Because <laughs> it was, when they came out, it was crazy. They're like, that's Starlink? That's ridiculous. Like, it was like the whole sky was a line of satellites. And bright, like like the brightest star in the sky. Yeah. It looked like the fucking Jupiter and Mars every, whatever, the Bethlehem star, whatever, <laughs> every day. <laughs> Anyways, a sh- next up, astronomers find astonishing super Earth that's nearly as old as the universe. Um, none of these things mm-hmm. really surprise me anymore that he's finding these things. The only reason I brought this up is because if they found something in the like habitable zone, the Goldilocks zone, as we call it. That's as old as the universe. Imagine what kind of technological advancements, uh, like sentient civilization could have now. They call it Goldilocks zone. Cause it's just right. Just right, yeah, baby. Just right. That's cool. <laughs> not too, <laughs> not hot, too hot, not too cold, not too cold. <laughs> not too cold. Just, just right. right. Cool. Um, it is a rocky planet, but I was thinking like something like that, man, these, some of these finds, um, we just got to keep sending messages. Maybe uh, one day they'll get back to us. I think it's too far for uh, anything we've sent out to reach so far. But Yeah, it's probably thousands and thousands of light years. We can hope. Let's talk about uh, the major component failure on the SLS, the Space Launch System, which is the rocket that's supposed to do the next trip to the moon and part of Project Artemis. Had a major component failure. They were supposed to do like an engine test on Saturday and they postpone it because of a major component failure. doesn't give a lot of details, but pretty much one of the largest pieces, they're like component failure. Scrap, she the, fucked. scrap the test <laughs> she, or we're going to lose this $18 points. billion dollar rocket. <laughs> so, I mean, this pro- project Artemis was an ambitious, or they say 2024 boots on the moon. Yeah. But like, it's full of, uh, of setbacks so I, obviously i mean space space targets are never accurate so i wouldn't be surprised if the 2024 mission is a no-go but it's a giant rocket man what ha- fuck I, I wrote down here how big that this fucking thing was is it bigger than the the heavy the falcon heavy i'm pretty sure it's the biggest rocket ever made i could swear i wrote it down hmm, lost it that's all i had for space news i don't know if you guys have anything else that you wanted to bring up nope those are the main ones Space news over. Okay. I'm going to load up the randomatron here. Ready for it? Take that as a yes. Yes. <laughs> this one has... This is telling me specific instructions to send to Dan. Huh. That's new. Dan, you okay. should be getting it. I don't know why it's, it's right t- now, saying right now. send to Dan. See, this is some weird gold ticker tape. I've never seen this before. Illuminati confirmed. What is that? Huh. This is strange. Did you, did you get a ticket to a chocolate factory? Is that what it is? Illuminati confirmed. Huh? It's got. It's only got two words on here. It seems to be. It's got. It's got polar bears. 5G. Polar, Polar bears. bears. 
and 5G. So mm. polar, Illum- Illuminati okay. confirmed polar bears 5G. So so polar bears, all right, polar bears polar bears live in the arctic and which we know is shrinking due to climate change. Yeah, I mean I've heard stories of men the polar bears they're moving in they're like taking over some of these northern towns, like invading people's spaces, like fucking ram- rampaging through trucks into villages, you know, crashing food stores. It's no good. Well, you know, we're talking about the the their melting habitat. We know that harp is located in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows that harp is disrupting weather patterns by creating, you know, global warming and messing with the Earth's weather systems. So if I remember correctly, Dan can probably correct me, but the Soviet Union were the first to build and use that technology, right? I think it was in the 80s. That's true. They had a facility in Vasilorusk, and they performed, actually in 2018, they, I'm pretty sure they performed a joint operation with the Chinese to test an, a high-frequency ionization of the atmosphere to actually change the weather patterns in an area. Dude, I heard about this. This that fucking place is use, uses high frequency radio waves, and that's it's the center of like a whole bunch. Of, I think it was actually the start of five G technology. They're controlling weather patterns. They could control minds. They could control minds of animals, perhaps. Wait, we know that five G is utilizing high frequency radio waves. These millimeter waves that have never been used ever before. Holy fuck! Hear me out. This might be the THC talking, but Big Pepsi is using 5G to melt the ice caps, to send polar bears to invade North America, to destroy the world's supply of Coca-Cola. Oh, oh, shit, dude, it, it gets even crazier than that now that I'm thinking about it. If you look up Coke stock prices right now, Coke stock prices are crumbling, and this is going to send that over the edge. If Coke's mascot is all of a sudden running wild all over North America, you, who's buying a Coke? Not me. Who? Not even Sam. Who owns Coca-Cola? No idea. Big soda. Big That's soda. Huge. Yeah. Everybody knows. Boom. Illuminati confirmed. Well, that was That's quite how. a random thing out of the randomatron. That's strange. Well, it is the randomatron. It is getting. It's getting. We've upgraded it to be more random. So, I, yeah, I'm surprised we made the connection from polar bears uh, and their melting habitat to 5G towers manipulating the bees. Boom! All right, let's fucking wrap this episode up. Oh, we didn't talk about it before. God damn it! No, no, what, no, no! I got it. I got it. The right yeah, of the I week. Got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Give me two seconds. Talk, talk. I got it. I screenshotted it. Boom! Here. Theory of the week, Melissa Sue Jeffries for her fucking unreal t-shirt design. Oh, is that? This one, I can't even see. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that a good one. one. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome. Design a t-shirt with uh, the f- your four, four boys as aliens with uh, nicknames Plasma, Cheeks, Mongoose, and was it Danza's Maester? Yeah, and maester. the, the maester, the maester. Yeah. yeah, it's a great fucking design. If you you can you can find it, we'll put it on the the Facebook group. Search for Alien Theorists on Facebook. Uh, we've been we're more active on the Facebook group than we ever have been. That place is popping. There, it, it is a gold mine of content. It's fun, fun place. Right? It's fun, man. We don't really 
post on Facebook itself, but the Facebook group, that's where it's at. Facebook group, and if you're on our Patreon, you join, get access to our Discord server. Bunch of beauties in there. People way cooler than us. It's awesome. Way cooler. So if you want to look for our Patreon, you can find the link in the show notes. Uh, we appreciate the support. This week's Patreons, Lana K, Mandy Norton, a full year pledge by Sam, Stevie Ray Rosario, Nick Vera, Jim I, Garrett Edwards, Matt Carlson, Lennox went up and went up a tier. Tom Murphy and Ruben Correria. Thank you very much for supporting the show. We appreciate it. Oh, and we said keep those eyes on the skies. <laughs> what the fuck. See you in after hours. <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> <laughs>